This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're on episode 28. And this week, uh, we are actually moving. Our podcast network is changing names to Big Heads Media, but it's the same network and it's the same great podcast. But yeah, you guys will notice that bumper change either this week or next week. So don't worry about that. Still the same podcast network and still a great team. Um, And this week, we have a few people to call out. So, Christina White Vasquez, um, thank you for your review and thanks for reaching out to the show as well. Really appreciate that. Um, also, Brittany O'Brien, um, the one who provided us the Bridgestone, tri- Bridgestone, Bridgewater Triangle um, story, also let us know that there was um, the first pirate uh, treasure that was found, like on a pirate ship, actually happened there as well at the same place. So, that's pretty cool. Um, also, there's a review that we missed by smiley face, smiley face, smiley face, smiling face, <laughs> laughing face, laughing face, <laughs> A-S-D-F-G-H-J-K-L. That just like, if this isn't what you did, please tell me I'm wrong, but that just sounds like you went on a keyboard. No, no, no. These are smiley faces. No, no. I mean like oh, the, the letters. The last part, but yeah, it is. Yeah. It's A-S-D. Yep, yeah, yeah. it is. Definitely. It's that whole middle line. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for your five star review. We really appreciate it. I don't know how we do this either. So I don't know how we missed your review either. It doesn't show on iTunes, which is weird. Yeah, I got it in our email that talked about our ratings. But then when I looked on iTunes, I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's not there. So maybe they thought you were spam, but we don't think you're spam. We appreciate you. So please reach out to us on social media. That way we can add you to the drawing. Um, Also, we have Grace Ann Cheney. Thank you for reaching out to the show as well. And... Thank you for your review or recommendations. One of the two. I can't remember which. Jackie Borrego. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Thank you also for reaching out to the show and for your uh, comments on Facebook. It's very, very nice. And Abby Nelson, same thing to you. We really appreciate your comments as well. So all you guys will be in the drawing, which we're going to do at the end of the show. So please listen. We'll pull a winner. Yes, we are. Why don't you tell me these things beforehand? Because you don't listen to me. I do listen. You don't listen to the show. You don't listen to me. There's no reason (laughs) for me to tell you. Uh, Anyway, so we're going to do a drawing at the end of the show. So pay attention to that as well. Um, That's all we got. Oh, we tried a little harder on social media this week. Not a lot. I feel like we put in like minimal effort, which is more than what we were doing, which is more than zero. So It's getting there. Um, In regards to the video feed, I am going to work on that tonight from last week. I just ran out of time. Um, It looks terrible. (laughs) Absolutely terrible. Our lighting is bad. The cameras are bad. The angles are bad. Everything's bad. But I'm still going to work on it just as an experiment. And I'll put it out there for your viewing pleasure. But we are going to need some new cameras if we're going to do that. Because, you know, we just could not do it. These things are terrible. just yeah, saying. Rachel's not a fan. So please reach out. Let her know you would like a video feed because we've heard that in the past. So. Wait until you see our faces on this and you hear how terrible it is and then say how you feel about it. Oh, it might just be too much work for me anyway. So we don't know. But anyway, I'm going to figure that out tonight. Um, So that's pretty much it for your news for the show. In the news this week, though, Rach, you want to tell them what, what we found? Oh, there is a real life kid who is 50 first dates right like what's her name 
Drew Barrymore. The, no, but the character. Lucy. Yeah, you know how Lucy had got into a car accident and got a concussion and then lost her memory to where she thinks every single day is whatever. It was October something is one is the same day. She wakes up thinking that's that day every year. There is actually a teenage girl who got a concussion from a track and field accident. Uh, cross country. Oh, yeah. sorry. Cross country accident. And that is her life. She wakes up every single day thinking it's October 17th, October 17th, of 2017. Yeah. So it's two years ago. Um, and every morning her dad has to retell her what happened and that it's not October 17th, 2017. And she goes to school and her teacher has to tell her everything all over again. So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. It was really interesting. Um, that movie, by the way, I don't know if I can actually recommend it. Because I was 13 when it came out. You can. We watch it, it now and we still love it. Yeah. So, yes. It's but like I think objectively Adam's, it's not a good movie. It's my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I think it I think it actually got pretty good reviews. Uh, who knows? I love that movie. Either which way, when I was 13, it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, so, yeah. You still laugh super hard. Don't even. Well, no. now, Yeah, but that's okay, Goonies. You really want to go? So many people like the Goonies. I'm okay, not having this conversation with you again. I'm pretty sure Jen's one of those, and she's definitely going to listen to this. So please, Jen, I know how your whole family feels about Goonies. I get it. It's also a trash movie. So, oh, man, I'm going to get so much hate for this. You are. It has a freaking weird cult following. I just it don't does, get it. because the Goonies never die. <sighs> anyway, so this week I'm talking about something. Oh, um, police encounters with the paranormal, because... We uh, always with like every horror movie, like just call the cops. I don't know. Do something right. Well, people have. So <laughs> I really want to, to kind of get into that. I have a ton of stories. Um, so this one might actually branch over a couple episodes um, and I'll try to space them out a little bit. But um, yeah, really interesting stuff. And I'm going to talk about the Erickson twins. Um, so Ursula and Sabina Erickson were born in 1967 in Sweden. Um, they lived there most of their life. And then around 2001, Ursula moved to the U.S. and Sabina moved to Ireland with her partner and two children. So on um, Friday, May 16th of 2008, Ursula visited her sister Sabina in Ireland. Um, and then that night, like in the middle of the night, they secretly left her house without her family knowing and took a ferry to Liverpool, England. Um, her husband has still doesn't know why she did that. Like they don't know what happened so they arrived there the next day at 8 a.m they went to the saint and street police station to report concerns they had about sabina's partner abusing her children no one knows why they didn't just report that in dublin like why they went all the way to england to liverpool yeah that's weird to report it um so the cops in liverpool called the cops in um Dublin. Dublin, yes. And when they went and investigated the husband, I'm assuming, sorry, I shouldn't say husband. It only talks about partner. I'm assuming husband, I don't know. Partner. Uh, stated that they did have a fight the night before. So that's all we know about that. Um, so we don't really know what they did in between 830 and 1130. But at 1130, they uh, boarded a bus to London. Also, still no one knows why they did this. No one knows why they decided to go to London. Like, they never talked about why they went to Liverpool or London. It's just very, who, who knows? Also, that was not like a plan or anything beforehand. Like Ursula was just coming to visit her sister and she, they were planning on staying in Ireland. There was no plan to go. It's not like they were going to visit stuff or anything. Um, so the twins were actually dropped off at a motorway service station, which is not a scheduled stop. 
because they were basically creeping the bus driver out. <laughs> like they were like weirdly holding on to their clinging to their bags really tight. And um, he kind of kicked them off and then said, the only way you can get back on is if you let me see what's inside your bag to search it for illegal stuff. And they said, no. So he was like, peace. Or I'm leaving you here. You're freaking me out. Uh, he did contact the manager of the service station, though, and tell and let the let them know about the women. And so the manager also reported seeing them being weird and sketchy. So they called the cops. Officers came to talk to them, but they deemed them harmless and left. So then you can actually see all of this on like um, CCTV security cameras. But the pair then left the service station on foot and began to walk down the M6, which if people don't know, is a major highway in England. Um, And they attempted to cross the highway. So they started like going across just in the middle of people going like 60 to 70 miles per hour. Shockingly, the only thing that really happens is Sabina gets hit by a small car causing minor injuries. But other than that, they both make it across. So by the time they get across, obviously the cops have been called, right? People are freaking out. So the cops make it across to where the women are safely. And they actually at the time also happen to be filming a show called Motorway Cops, which I'm assuming is a lot like our version of cops. Yeah. Bad boys, bad boys, you know? <laughs> um, so they just happen to be filming. So actually, we we will actually do this. There is film of this happening. They still have it on YouTube. So we will post this onto our uh, social media sites. But also, you can look it up. Just look up um, the Ursuline. The Ursuline. <laughs> the Erickson twins. And uh, on, on YouTube, they have a bunch of different videos from this Motorway Cops show. So, yeah, the cops got to the other side, like, of the highway to where the women were, which, you know, is like in the where the median is between each side of traffic, you know. Um, and. Ursula suddenly decides to run into traffic. Like you can actually see on the video she's wearing a jacket and she's standing next to a cop. And so is her sister. And she, like, goes to run and the cop grabs the jacket and she, like, pulls herself out of it. Um and she rams into the side of a lorry, which if a lorry is a semi truck. Um, and it was going about 56 miles per hour. And you can like watch her go underneath it like she's she gone. Um, and then like while they were distracted trying to get Ursula back, Sabina also uh, ran out and ran right in front of a car and got hit head on. And he was they were traveling about the same, probably a little faster just because. Semis are kind of slow. Um, Ursula's legs have been completely crushed by the by the semi. And Sabina spent 15 minutes unconscious, but they both survived. When paramedics came to help them, Ursula fought them off. She was reported as spitting, biting, hitting, kicking. As mo- Not kicking, sorry. That seems like a mean joke. <laughs> she, was not, <laughs> she was not kicking. She was not capable of kicking at the moment. Um but fighting the paramedics and saying, quote, I recognize you. I know you're not real. While Sabina shouted, she had come back to consciousness by now, quote, they're going to steal your organs, end quote. So um, as the paramedics are trying to help them, Sabina, after getting hit head on by a car, got up, started screaming for help and calling for the police, even though the police were already there, and then hit an officer in the face before running into traffic 
on the other side of the motorway. So the opposite way. Luck somehow she managed to make it across. Um, some pedestrians helped to catch her and then she was quickly handcuffed and sedated. Which, by the way, this is like the most crazy video. It's it's insane to watch can, humans do that. Like, well, they look like straight up like tweakers. Like they, they look like they have no rhyme or re- like the, the closest thing I could think of and have always thought of is like the Mad Max um, people, you know? Yeah. Like how they're just like ready to die, you know, and like and, and like super spastic and like sporadic. Mm-hmm. Like it's the weirdest looking um it's like, you know, whenever like a dog or like a deer jumps out into the street and it's like, wow, it's because you're so like dumb or yeah, you have no right. instincts. Like it's, it's just it's like, like so. That, yeah. yeah. And like when you watch like a wild it, wild animal. Yeah. When you watch it, like you get like this panicky, like like my heart right or my heart started beating because it's mm-hmm. just like it's so unpredictable. It's very wild. Like it's it's really and I weird. Feel like I almost couldn't fully grasp it. Like the idea of watching a human being run into a. Right. giant truck and then disappear underneath it right my brain couldn't like and then like but still be and i thought like she was done yeah and me then, too like, i was the sure fact I she wasn't die. is insane yeah. i know um so they were both taken to the hospital where ursula obviously stayed for a long time because of her injuries but uh sabina actually left after five hours it was reported that she cared very little about how her sister was doing like they tried to tell her a few times and she was like i don't care um so she was taken into police custody after she left and they said she seemed very relaxed and calm she told an officer, quote, we say in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one follows, maybe two, end quote. So on May 19th of 2008, so that's only three days later, she'd been held in custody. She was released after pleading guilty to charges of trespass on a motorway and hitting a police officer. Um, it is important to note she was not given a psychiatric evaluation. I don't know why. That would pretty sure that would be. I'm not a cop, but that should be the first thing when two human beings decide to ram into vehicles, whatever. Um, So after she was released, she just kind of started wandering the streets, um, hoping that she could find the hospital her sister was in. She came upon two men walking a dog, Glenn Hollinshead and Peter Molloy. That's how you say his name. Um, Peter reported her as seeming very friendly, even petting their dog and asked where a nearby bed and breakfast was. But he did also said that she appeared to be really nervous, like she was like running away from something. Um, Holland's head felt bad for her and offered to let her stay at his house. She was very grateful. She was also attractive. Just. Yeah, they were both, they were both attractive women. Yeah. Very attractive. Yeah, she was very grateful. And um, they all three went over drinks. Mole reported more nervous behavior and it getting worse. She was constantly getting up, pacing and looking outside the window. She also seemed really paranoid. Um, at one point, she offered the men cigarettes only like when they put it to their mouth, she snatched it away and said that they were probably poisoned. So other than that, Holland said was like, yeah, stay in my house. You're a little crazy, but it's fine. You need help. Um, so uh, Peter went home. Um, the next day, Holland said was trying to help her. He was calling around at different hospitals because Sabina didn't seem to know what hospital her sister was at. And um, they spent the day together. And then around at, at around 7.40 p.m., he went to a neighbor's house to ask if they had any tea bags he could borrow because they were making dinner. He walked back inside his house. A minute later, he came back outside bleeding with five stab wounds, saying she stabbed me. Um, before collapsing, and then he quickly died from his injuries. As the police were called, Sabina fled with a hammer and was caught in security cameras, periodically hitting herself in the head with it. A passing motorist saw her doing this and tried to stop her and get it away. While wrestling her, Sabina screamed and took a roof tile out of her pocket. I don't know where she got a roof tile from. They fall. 
But yeah. Still, um, you should, also she had a hammer. Like I was yeah. like, I don't know, okay. Um, and hit him in the back of the head with it, and which stunned him, poor guy, obviously. And then um, by this time, the paramedics caught up, and so they started chasing her. She jumped from a 40-foot high bridge onto the A50, which is also a highway. Right. Um, breaking both ankles and fracturing her skull in the fall. So obviously she was caught then. And what's worth noting is like the initial, unless I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I've, I've looked into this, mm-hmm. um, wasn't like the initial psychotic break because of Ursula, right? The other so one? So I'm going to talk about that. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she was taken into custody on September 11th of 2008 after healing in the hospital. Um, where she was quickly charged with murder. She had stabbed Holland's head with a kitchen knife five times, but throughout all of the investigation they did, she never, ever told anyone why or could explain why. Um, On September 2nd, 2009, so a year later, she had her uh, day in court, and she pled guilty to manslaughter. So her defense claimed that at the time of the incident, she was insane, although by the time court happened, she was totally sane again. Like, within that year, she had had no reports of acting that way or having any of those moments again. They believed she was a secondary sufferer of folly edu or shared psychosis, which is where someone else is crazy being Ursula. They believed Ursula was the crazy one. And they somehow Ursula shared her crazy with Sabina. And, and Ursula's the one with the family, right? Oh, insane. No, Sabina, oh, Sabina was. So mm-hmm. Ursula was just visiting. Okay. Yes. Um, but Interestingly enough, neither had ever, ever in their lives had any kind of history of mental health issues. Yeah. So that's obviously the twist of the story, right? Like that's like. Right. You're totally normal. And I mean, that's literally Jen comes to town and you. In one day. In one day. Go do all this. Right. Yeah. Totally insane. It's literally Um, unfathomable. So obviously the symptoms of this are delusional beliefs, hallucinations and hearing voices in your head. Um, Sabina was sentenced to five years in prison where she turned to Christianity and wasn't known to have any other moments of psychosis. She was released in 2011. Ursa was released from the hospital and sent back to the U.S. I didn't find anything else on what happened to her after that, but also no more reports of psychosis or anything like that. Um, Some of the cops believed the women had decided on a suicide pact that day on the M6. Um, Peter Molai said Sabina seemed like she was running away from someone, possibly someone trying to hurt her. Um, But neither of the women have ever been able to explain why they did it or anything like that. Um, And yeah, they haven't had any kind of criminal history or mental health issues since then. Didn't have them before. Yeah. So that's the one where like, um, I think I read this, I think in 2011. So only like two years after she had been put in prison after a court date. And so like a lot of the speculation at that time was, okay, well, are they going to snap again? And now it's been 10 full years and nothing. Yeah. And And it's just like so weird. It's one thing if like, like with Ursula where it seems like she went home, like you could kind of hide it a little, but like Sabina's been in prison. Yeah. Like you would know. Highly monitored. Yeah. And yet there was nothing. And it was like from the time she did it to her court, to her court case, like they talked about how, just flipped completely. And and it was like within days she was different. Something was, we should look up is if anyone's done a follow up with her like recently. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah, and see like like what her retrospective is on it. Like that would be very, very interesting. Yeah, but it's just it's crazy. It's like. And the other interesting part for me is the fact that like. These women lived very far apart for mm-hmm. a long time. I mean, they hadn't been together in seven years. 
Um, so it's not like they had, I mean, of course they did have this sister, not only sister, but twin like relationship, but they hadn't lived this really close, inseparable kind of life. Um, it was like an, all of a sudden I see you for the first time or I see you for the first time in a while, at least. And we go crazy together. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like they had been building off of it together for a long time. Right. You know what I mean? Or like it was something that was coming to a crescendo. Yeah. Like right. it, it was an all of a sudden and, and her, and her, her partner was like that. I did, you know, didn't notice anything. There was never well, like anything that, um, before. Do you remember that those other sisters who, well, we might do an episode on them. So I'll be very vague, but where they were like kind of being like tortured and then they like snapped and like killed everybody in the house. Do you yes, remember that? I yeah. do remember that. So that's like, obviously like what the comparison is, right? Like you think of these two people, like, these life circumstances driving them to a point. And then of course you break together. Right. Right. But no, like that's the weirdest. And it's one of the weirder things I think I've ever read. Like, it's just two totally normal people. Like, and that's the thing too. It's not like seven years ago, they stopped hanging out because they got weird together. Right. You know, like there was no proof of, there was no, no, like they were, they were seemingly in functional, normal people. Well, and if like you want to take it for as logical as it can be the whole idea of, okay, so if, her partner really was beating her kids or possibly even beating her. Then your sister comes to town, you leave your husband or you leave your partner and you're, and you take your kids or you get away as fast as you can to hopefully get your kids back. Right. You don't travel really far away, run across a motorway. And then when you don't get as hit as you want to purposely run into cars, also murder somebody, jump off of a bridge, like, right. I'll hit yourself in the head with a hammer repeatedly while you're trying to run away from someone also, which seems very counterproductive. Um, But also like in my mind, it's like another thing is like, okay, so if Sabina was feeling that way, because between the two, it would make more sense that Sabina was the one that was miserable. That was like, I, okay, my, my, my partner sucks, whatever. I'm wanting to get out of this, but I don't know how I'll, I'll kill myself. Why just because you're twins does not mean Ursula would suddenly be like, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm right. down. Yeah. And especially if they f- believe Ursula was the one that started it. I mean, obviously we don't have a full history of what her life was like, but still it's just like, this isn't, that's not how that works. Like if my sibling came to me and said, I want to kill myself, I wouldn't just be like, yes, like me too. Well, Let's yeah, just not only I'm okay do with it. you doing it, but I'll join you. Yeah, yeah we'll do it together. Well, and, and, and that's In the most part insane too. way possible. Okay, like suicide pack, like the whole twin connection thing, that that's one thing, but then to do it that way. Yeah. Like you said, the most insane thing possible. Like, which is also crazy because it seems like one of the most dangerous ways. And yet somehow they both. We're fine. Like, Sabina left the hospital five hours later for getting hit head on by a, by a car, car going yeah. like 60 to 70 miles an hour. Right. And then the other one, like, and, and you guys really like, you have to see this video. It is. It is brutal. Terrifying. Yeah. And like the sheer, like power they have over those other cops too. Like, I mean, you want to go like full bore. Like these people are possessed for real. Like, um, I mean, it's nuts. It's just like it goes against every version of our survival instincts. And right. that's why it hurts me so much. Because well, it's just like, like, that's not what you do. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, if you think about this happening like 200 years ago, I guarantee they would have been like, it's witch trial possession. Oh, like for all sure. that same yeah. stuff. Yeah. And maybe it is psychosis, but that's just so weird. I mean, the way they acted afterwards, they're going to steal your organs. I know who you are. You're not real. Hitting well, yourself over the head with a hammer. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Those I'm are just, all definite signs. Of, but, but to all be triggered like that? And ooh. to just go back to normal after and to have been quote unquote normal before. Right. So, yeah, super, super weird case. Um, there's actually a bunch of other twin stuff. So we'll also be doing those later. Um, but, yeah, that's by far the craziest one that I know of. Um, yep. Anyway. So, yeah, good story. Um, let's take a break for some ads. La, 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 la. 
While you may think that history is, eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece in Trivial Pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? <laughs> well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. So I want to take a moment to talk about PodCoin. It's a new app that's out there that actually pays you to listen to podcasts, which considering you're listening to our podcast, I would think maybe you're interested in this. Um, For every 10 minutes that you listen to it, you're going to get something called a PodCoin, which you can use to rack up uh, gift cards or stuff for charity. So like we do calories for dogs or like dog food as Rachel so adamantly wants me to call it, but they count it in calories. And so dadgummit, we've donated like 9,000 calories to pups. Um, It's pretty great. So no other podcast app lets you do that. So check it out. Podcoin use our promo code skep skep S K E P S K E P all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 300 free Podcoins uh, for your session with Podcoin. So this week I'm going to be talking about uh, I, I named it Paranormal Police, which I think is like <laughs> cute, right? Um, I don't know. So, that kind of sounds like Ghost Police. It does. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like Ghost but Police. Like, are they like ghosts who are police, or are they police who only are police for ghosts, or are they ghost police who police ghosts? No, they're they're human beings that police ghosts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's cute. No, they're they're really cool. So they're anyway. Ghostbusters, except with a badge. <laughs> yeah. So these first couple people are uh, Navajo Rangers. Um, they worked on the like Navajo um, reservation. Which reservations are like some of the most paranormal places. Yeah. Tops for paranormal stuff. Right, and that's not like cultural like shame. Like they they proudly pronounce that as well. And also, like, yeah. can we, if anything, like if there's ever a place where horrible, awful things happened. Where then paranormal activity would be likely. It's reservations. Yeah, reses have been pretty, uh, pretty messed lot, up in the past. My people. Yeah, yeah. But also, sorry, your people. Hey, yeah, I'm on both sides of the spectrum. I'm the people who hurt them and I'm the people who got hurt, so. Yeah, that's kind of what happens whenever a race gets taken over <laughs> is there's some mixing of blood, yeah. Um, so anyway, huh. yeah, you're the love child of uh, genocide, so. Yes, I am. Um, yeah, so anyway, these Navajo Rangers, um, they went to haunted locations and dealt with things that go bump in the night a lot. Um, objects uh, have appeared out of thin air, dropped on the floor. Objects went flying across rooms pretty regularly with them. Uh, they saw ceramic vessels like exploding and then they got involved in UFO investigations as well. So um, kind of ran the gamut. So um, 
their quote is saying, or uh, one of them, uh, his name is Dover, I believe. Uh, it come up later in my notes. So if I was wrong, I will connect, correct myself. Anyway, so he was quoted as saying, in many of these cases, people are frightened by what they've seen. And that is really the bottom line of why we investigate these cases, because of the fact that my chief has basically told us that we will investigate a case when somebody comes forward asking for help. And that is the bottom line. They are asking for help and they are needing someone to turn to and someone to listen to them. And that's what we do. The cases are coming from people that are just normal people who are very afraid and something unusual has happened to them. They didn't know what was going on and they didn't know if it was military, something supernatural, if it was witchcraft. They just wanted answers and they wanted to know that somebody cared enough about them to find those answers for them. Hmm. Maybe we don't believe it. Maybe we don't hold every belief that they do, but we're going to investigate it rather meticulously and professionally. We'll report it and we'll let the chip fall, chips fall where they may. I think that's cool. That's adorable. Right? Um, also... Go every single person who has seen a terrifying thing that goes bump in the night and their first thought was, please, cops, come me, help me. Yeah, let me call these because cops. Because every scary movie I've ever watched where someone did not call the cops, which is, you know, every like, scary movie. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, you're an idiot. So right. props. So one of the stories that they talked about was an old hermit who lived out in the desert. He saw a UFO land nearby. He reported that the UFO disgorged, which is an interesting word choice, Hmm. uh, several unearthly entities that inspected his home. That just sounds like it like oozed oozed them out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so they investigated his home and then left back on their spaceship. Um, When the cops were called out, obviously the spaceship was gone because that's whenever he was able to call. But they did find inexplicable circular holes near the shack where the man said the craft had landed. So uh, interesting. But they just, you know, calmed him down. There was also a mother and daughter who spotted a formation of bright blue, orange and white lights near the town of Chinle or Chinle um, in January of 2012. The light suddenly vanished, which left behind a sonic boom that knocked out the power in the entire town. And then um, some UFO phenomena phenomena have also been seen by Dover and Milford. Those are the name of the two rangers uh, themselves, such as they reported a cigar shaped craft uh, that they both witnessed. And Dover claimed that he was followed by a mysterious orb of light for 30 minutes. Um, Dover explained that coins in a in a haunted home fun, suddenly started to uh, fall from the ceiling and pattered on them like rain, um, mm-hmm. even though there were no holes or uh, vents through which the coins could have fallen. Are you laughing at haunted home? I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's not that. <laughs> um, Just listen to my brother, my brother, and me. Yes. Uh, haunted home. Anyway. Um, psh, 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 there was also an allegedly haunted location in which they personally witnessed objects levitating through the air, ceramic dishes exploding, which sent shards everywhere for no apparent reason. Wow. They also dealt with Bigfoot reports, including one that had over 30 eyewitnesses. And they said, quote, we came out of that report with physical evidence, hair samples, footprints, stride distances and logs that had been pulled out of the bog area and removed. Normal people wouldn't have been able to do that. They were saying, like, that's why they get involved. Yeah. Um. They also dealt with a case where a young woman was driving home. She noticed a mysterious glowing orb bobbing in the darkness behind her, which seemingly followed her vehicle. She managed to get home when the light sort of like flickered away. Um, But whenever she looked uh, in the parking spot where her car normally would be, there was like a large rabbit sitting there, like a very large rabbit um, that, that glowed a little bit. Um, and so she ran inside, locked the doors and immediately like passed out. Right. Like, ex- like of oh, exhaustion. Yeah. Right? And then uh, she awoke with a major headache. 
Um, and Dover and Miller, uh, Milford, sorry, investigated the site and they found that the car was like imbued with a lot of uh, electromagnetic field readings, EMF, hmm. and sp- specifically in the driver's seat where she was. Oh, wow. That's so the crazy. whole large rabbit thing obviously has had them and other people say skinwalker. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So they actually had a run in with a skinwalker. So one of the officers oh, claimed that a creature wearing a white ghostly mask ran up to his car at great speeds, purportedly easily and effortlessly pacing the patrol car at speeds exceeding 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, after having this experience, he was having coffee with another highway patrolman um, and the conversation kind of like veered that way. This is only a couple days later. And that other officer also had a very similar encounter with a spectral ghoul faced person, which is how he described it who appeared out of the darkness to run alongside his car at 65 miles an hour along a desert stretch of highway before veering back off and running back into the desert. Okay. There's nothing that freaks me out more than skinwalkers. Oh, it's, it's They're like on my top list of well, and, and, and like the sheer terrifying. shock value of driving at highway speeds and having a human being catch up to you. Right. Mm. Oh, so you're not going to like this one anyway. So yeah. there's um, another officer, totally different guy who claimed to be a police officer on the Navajo reservation in the late 1990s. Um, whenever he got called out to um, a disturbance right outside the settlements on the fringes of like the, where the wilderness was. Mm-hmm. And an unidentified male was supposedly wa- wandering around the highway, whooping and screaming with incredible volume, like like supernatural volume. Um, and when the cop got there, he claims both him and his partner uh, encountered encountered a tall, thin man, which looked very disheveled and started howling at the sky like a coyote or a wolf. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is what they said about it. Quote, so this guy is just there out on this lonely stretch of road just outside of town, and he looks completely dazed and out of it. He walks back a bit, throws his head back, and just unleashes this unearthly animalistic howl like I've never heard. It is just chilling. Uh, we obviously can't have this guy out there making noises on the road like that so right. close to town. So um, he could be a danger, and he seems like he could be drunk or on drugs. So we get out of the car. This guy just goes completely still and stands there staring at us. We ask him what is going on and shine our flashlights on him. And he seriously looks like a ghoul standing there, uh, pale faced, emaciated and wild eyed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't respond at all to our questions. And so at this point, we are creeping closer, wondering what we're going to do with the guy. That was when his eyes sort of glint like a glow. And then he just suddenly dashes just from zero to full speed ahead with such suddenness and acceleration that, well, no track star could pull that off let alone a guy that seemed like he could barely stand a moment before. It was just amazing. And he just bolts off down along the highway towards the desert at phenomenal explosive speed. We got the, we got in the car and tailed him and just, he just keeps getting faster and faster until my partner and I look at the speedometer and I swear this guy's reaching nearly 50 miles an hour, just staying right in front of us, no matter how fast we go. And then he sort of goes onto all fours, loping along and veers mm-hmm. off the road into the night, mm. just dissolving into the desert, whooping and howling as he does. Was he a skinwalker? I don't know, but it just is the strangest damn thing I've ever come across. Okay. I hate that. <laughs> it's a good story though, right? Yeah, but like, I could never tell it the way that guy's telling it. Right. So, um. I would be like peeing my pants and never, and like in a soft room, right, rocking so. back and forth for the rest of my life. Some uh, family member or a family member of one of my friends had a skinwalker um, encounter. So listen to the listener story episode one. Um, it was way back, like a while ago. But listen to that for or no. Wait, did I talk about that with you on here? 
when I did Skinwalker Ranch, we talked about that. Oh, Skinwalker Ranch. Check out Skinwalker Ranch. But not the first part. <laughs> just like last week, we do not recommend the no, first part. Um, just the Skinwalker part. Yeah, no, part. it was Skinwalker Ranch. I might have brought it back up in listener stories. Maybe not. That's a better episode, though. So if you're going to go back, listen to that one. Anyway, um, so there was another cop who was called out to an old house, which just had fresh snow on the ground. Um, and there was, like, no disturbance of the fresh snow or, like, dust. Um Actually, I'm sorry, he wasn't called out. He was driving by and he saw that this house's door was open. So when he went back, he saw that there was no like marks in the, in right, the snow or no anything. Footprints. Right. So he thought, well, you know, the wind must have just like opened it. Right. It's kind of a dilapidated house. Um, but whenever he kind of like got close to the door, he heard laughing and rustling upstairs. So he called out thinking they were trespassers. Right. Which makes sense. And then maybe he thought like when nothing answered, he thought maybe it was an animal um, because like there are certain like things that can sound yeah, like laughter, especially right. if it's echoey. So he says, quote, as I get to the top of the stairs, I hear a thump in the bedroom to the left. I carefully peek around the door and it's an empty room with a small pile of plaster and wood debris in the middle. No kidding. Sitting on top of the pile of debris was a page torn out of a child's book with a picture of a police officer on it. The hair stood up on the back of my neck and I got out of the room quickly and uh, cleared the other rooms upstairs and got the F out of there. Um I told dispatch nobody was in the house. I locked the back door and I never went back there again. Uh, yeah, so that's a pretty good one. Oh, that makes my stomach hurt. Right. Um, so there's a couple in here that uh, were very unnerving. So here's another officer who was in uh, Wyoming at 11 p.m. Someone reported screaming and uh, officers looked and heard it themselves whenever they arrived on scene. And they searched with flashlights as like they could not figure out the source of this screaming. Right. Yeah. So. This screaming was loud and prolonged enough to call the cops. And when the cops showed up, it's, it's still, still going on. Right? right. So anyway, they're kind of like wandering around looking for the screaming and the screaming starts to get closer. It got to the point that one scream was super close and lasted 30 whole seconds. OK. And he said, quote, I still don't know what it was. As an avid outdoorsman, I know no animal makes a cry like that, especially one that can move stealthily about without being spotted by flashlights. Something else that weirded me out was that it was completely silent while the screams were happening. During summer in Wyoming, there is always some type of animal ambient noise. Frogs croaking, crickets chirping, uh, owls hooting, coyotes howling, etc. But there was nothing until we were leaving and the screams had stopped. Then a frog started croaking. Gives me the creeps just thinking about uh -huh. it still. Um, so here's another officer who is uh, on military base patrol at night. Um, he, there was like an alarm at the school, uh, which went off. And so they like went around the school, like drove around it. And there were no signs of like entry or anything. So they, you know, were like, OK, it must have been a false alarm. Well, it goes off again 20 minutes later. Um, and there are no signs of entry again, except like a boiler door was open, which wasn't before. Uh -huh. So then they're like, OK, that's probably pranksters or trespassers. So they stake the place out to see if someone's going to go make the alarm go off again. Right. Yeah. Well, while they're there, the alarm goes off again um, with no seeming, you know, thing. So they decide to call maintenance to have the them open the door for them. And so they do a three hour sweep to figure out where these pranksters are. Right. The only thing they find um, is a maintenance door is like open with the light on. OK. And this okay. is what they said about it. They said, quote, we walk down there and look in. No one's in it. And that door is locked when it closes. We look in there and we see a single footprint of a bare foot uh -huh. made of water. Left foot, as he recalls, Ugh. of a small child. Um, 
freaking the living hell out of us because no one reported a missing child and the entire building was clear and still locked up. No one left, no one entered, and we checked every inch of that damn place. Literally a three-hour sweep, um, deep sweep, including ceiling tiles. Uh, uh, Freaked the ever-loving shit out of us, and to this day, my partner refuses to go into that school. Speaking speaking of which, schools are really effing spooky when they're empty, (laughs) is what he said. Um, Especially when you're looking for a small child. Right, or, or like when you don't know what the heck you're looking for yeah, at all. I mean, well, I couldn't imagine how tense that three-hour sweep There's so many, like, was. twisting hallways, yes, but also, like, really dark long, hallways. dark hallways. Speaking of dark Ugh. hallways, here we go. So, oh, no. Um, uh, so, this is a building where, um, like, alarms are being set off in the upper floor of this building, right? And so, um, the they have to call, like, the key holder to let them get up into the upper right. floor. So the key holder of the building was called in and um, the key holder is like, I don't have keys to the staircase. You have to take the elevator, right? Mm-hmm. So they took the elevator and when the it opened, they found like a darkened hallway um, leading outside of the elevator where the light at the end of the hallway is the only one on and it's like flickering, right? Like classic haunted. Of course. Right. So there's a bunch of doors all around this hallway and they check all the doors, finding all of them to be locked except for one. So they open that up and there is no like nothing in there it's just a normal of office there isn't. okay so when they leave this room the light that was where they were is now off and the light over by the elevator is what's on and flickering okay and uh even creepier still was that the um all the doors that they had just checked and then secured again were all burst wide open okay mm-hmm. so they go check them all. And as they reach the last one, their radios like blare static uh, as one of the door, the last door like slams shut. OK, mm-hmm. so it's pretty like classic haunted. So they're like they go down to talk to the key holder, just like, OK, we're done. Like there's no one there. But this is like really creepy, right? Well, the key holder's nowhere to be seen. So they call dispatch and they're like, hey, do you like know what happened to this key holder or whatever? And they said, uh. They're not there. They have they're not they're gonna be there for five to ten minutes, right? Um, and the key holder that they were talking to was a guy, right? Um, so when the key holder shows up, it is a female. <laughs> um no. and she has the keys to the staircase. And whenever they describe like everything that just happened to her, she said, That sounds like a doctor that actually killed himself in this office <gasps> by jumping out the window a few years ago. So I just want to explain to people that when I watch scary movies or when I see freaky things, I always have my hand. RJ can tell you this. I always have my hand on my face, right? It might as well be in your freaking mouth. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't and know. And she's why. like, and like, <laughs> she sounds like, like freaking Darth Vader in the dang shirt, movie theater. I don't know if I, I like to, in my mind, if I have my hand or my shirt near my face, it makes me feel better. Also, I think I keep my hands so that I can close my eyes really fast. Not that I can't just physically close my eyes for some reason. I need my hand. But, anyways, I've been sitting like that this whole time. Anyway, so. I've got just a couple more. Um, So there was a call for an officer. He shows up. There's an elderly lady who's insisting that there's a young girl running around in her backyard at night. Okay, so he goes back there. He doesn't see anything. He's like, hey, if you're just pulling a prank, like it's fine, but come out like I need you to be done. right? Right. It starts to rain. And so he's like, "Okay, well, whatever this is, like it's gone because it's raining. Right. Um, Again, thinking it is a 13 year old literally running around. Um, when he goes back into the house, though, um, the elderly lady, uh, like greets him, like visibly shaking. And she says she's inside the house and he saw uh, a girl about 13 years of age run from one side of the house all the way to the other. He told her to freeze. And then when 
um, he approached her, he claims that she disappears just into thin air. Okay. So then the old lady says she's actually back out in the yard, right? And so then the officer looks, and sure enough, this 13-year-old girl is just running around in the rain in the backyard. So the officer's like, okay, I must have, like, seen a shadow, and she actually, like, darted past me somehow. Like, right, he, trying I to mean, rationalize it. Well, not only that, but it's just so physical. Like, it's so solid that he's, you know, he's like, okay, there's, like, there's no something. way. Like, yeah, right. so, so he tells her, like, hey, stop. Like, uh, you know, he's shouting out into the yard. And sure enough, she disappears again. So, and he watches it this time. So um, a few months later, um, I mean, he essentially just tells the old lady, like, hey, call me at any time. But like, I don't know what else to yeah, do. Right? right. Well, a few months later, he found out that the old lady had died um, and some new people had moved in and they started calling about a 13 year old trespasser that is running around in their backyard uh, and even breaking into their house. Right. I thought you were going to say a 13 year old and an old lady running around together. No, that would be cute. Made me happy. Yeah. No, this is uh, no, it's not that kind of life. So. In the early 1980s, um, some officers from the Oklahoma City Police Department were called to a residence whose occupants had been complaining to the police of weird paranormal activity, right? So they called, and when the cops showed up, the homeowners were out on their front lawn and just, like, hanging out outside the house, which is, like, again, when you talk about what someone should do in a horror movie, like, this is top of the yes, list, right? get out of your house, right? right. And call the cops and, like, right, just be out yes. there. Well, when the cops show up, they hear inside the house just, like, banging and glass smashing and like all this like ruckus and they thought there's like a violent intruder in there right yeah right so they get their canine um trained police dog and they're gonna well they're gonna like have him go in and check it out what's going on dog won't go in the house right Mm -mm. no matter what that's when you know so the dogs won't go in right Mm -mm. um so the dog uh wouldn't even go near the entrance instead would circle growl and whine um outside would not go into it right so and he's like, a, this isn't just like any dog. This is like a trained dog. That's his right. job. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no chance. My job yeah. is not worth this. So when the ruckus kind of starts to die down, uh, the officers ventured inside to check things out and see what's going on. Right. And they found that the interior had been totally wrecked, but nobody left that house. Right. And the homeowners like were in the house when it started. So yeah. they, they didn't like they didn't even like push them into the door. They're like, this is you can't do anything about this. But I'm just saying, like, this is what's going on. Ugh. So another Creepy story was an Oregon state trooper was called uh, about a man with a gun, like um, pointing it at this woman's head. Right. And so somebody had uh, reported that a woman was cowering and crying and groaning over and over again. He shot me. He shot me. Right. So, yeah, this cop shows up and uh, sees the woman who's saying this. And the woman has like no apparent visible injuries. And so the officer's like, hey, uh, you haven't been shot. You're okay, (laughs) Right. Right. and the mysterious woman like gave her his name, but then did not want to ride in the patrol car. She wished to remain where she was. And since she wasn't injured, like he's not going to force her to do it. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, he he left her there. Um, and back at the station, one of the officers looked up her name, which she gave and learned that someone with the very same name had been shot and killed by her husband years earlier. And that the sp- but the suspect had never been apprehended. Right. Um which is weird enough. Uh, but then two years later, the same officer from that original call was out on patrol when he got another call of a man with a gun to a woman's head. And it was at the same location. No so, way. yeah. So he rushes over there. Right. Uh, when he arrives, he finds that same woman standing there and she allegedly uh, points to the home and says there he's in there. When he enters the home, he finds a man <sighs> on the ground with his hands up. OK. And he just like he apprehends him, brings him in. Oh, that gave me chills. I have chills. Yeah. And when uh, they run his name through the database, it is the husband (gasps) that was never turned in. And the the police officer says, quote, 
Uh, was it just luck that we should be there when he was there? Or was it a ghost wanting justice for her murder? To say to this day, it still creeps me out to think about it. I hope she's finally at peace. Also, how was that man living like still in the same town and not apprehended for killing his wife? I don't I don't think he was like this was two whole years later. And it's in the house that like they already went to. Like, I don't know what brought that dude back, but oh. he was on the run like he was not there. Maybe she like haunted him until he, he turned was himself like, in because that's what peace, I'm out. when the police officer walked in he already had his hands up right yeah oh that gave me chills that was crazy super super weird um go her if that ever happens to me if i ever get killed <laughs> i really hope i'm a strong enough and like badass enough ghost that i'm like i will not leave until you have been got, brought to justice right um anyway so pretty much everything else i'm going to go ahead and leave for the next one well, maybe one more. You want one more? Sure. Oh, I could do one more. I kind of uh, hate these, but yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so this isn't the only time that somebody has like apprehended a murderer or a ghost, right? So there was one I did the the river crash. You remember that one? Yes, it's the Hawaii right. Forest one as well. So go ahead and listen to that episode for another another example. But here's one as well. So a policeman was getting out of the car to go to another car that he had pulled over, right? As he gets out of his car, he hears the passenger side of his car open and shut. Okay. Okay. So he turns around to see what like the hell is going on. Okay. And um, so he sees like a woman police officer sitting in his passenger uh, seat. Right. Right. He has no partner. He didn't call for backup, but she's there sitting plain as day. So he goes just to see what the heck is going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And she says he has a gun on uh, on his seat. OK, he has a gun on his seat. That's what he says. Um, she says. So then he goes up to the thing like, uh, you know, pulls out his gun and apprehends the suspect. Sure. Sure enough, he had a gun. Right. So they run this guy and it turns out he had killed a, a female police officer 20 years earlier. Oh, my God. Right. And so probably he was willing to do it again. But this ghost apparently like not only saved his could have saved his life, but, but solved also her own murder. solved her own murder. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. So um, I have a whole other string of so these. Wait, but those are like ghost cops apprehending humans. That one was. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's a ghost cop. Yeah. Or the other lady that was just a ghost vigilante. Yeah. She was just done with it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a whole other string. I'll do it at a different time. But that one's very interesting. Um, Want to give credit on that one to um, the website and podcast Mysterious Universe as well, because uh, I used a couple of their articles to fill that out. Um, really good, by the way. If you haven't checked them out, they're awesome. They're a lot like us, but they're Australian. So I like them more. <laughs> um, like they are really, that really automatically makes them cooler. Yeah, they're way cooler. Um, I don't know which podcast episode that one was because I didn't hear that one. I just like I found it on Google. So um, and then the other one is for a different site uh, and I'll put that in the liner notes and then also use it for the next episode but hope you guys enjoyed those stories because i really did i loved reading those i thought they were very very cool um but yeah check out that other podcast check out the podcast that we blurbed on here like body count is really really good we promoted them i think a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. they are very 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 cool and they do a lot of really good research um so if you haven't checked them out i really really uh do recommend that one just because they're, they're more similar to us than anyone else on the network yeah um, brew crime is there like they're they're brew crime but um they're not just true crime uh body count is like they'll do natural disasters a bunch of really cool stuff so really check them out um and yeah so we appreciate the great week oh. we've had like to 2400 downloads or something this past week so um had like no, a it thousand, just sounds like a humble ago. bragging 
I mean, yeah, I am. <laughs> it's not even humble bragging. Yeah, it's straight, it's just straight bragging. Straight bragging. Yeah. Like, um, but no, it's because I want you guys to know, like you're a part of it and we really appreciate it. Especially like the people like Trev Marshall and um, Patricia and like Anna, Anna, Jonathan, a bunch of, well, Anna's new, but I was going to say a bunch of the old people, oh, you yeah. know, like from day one, back when we were cranking in a hard, like 40 downloads, you know? Um, yeah. So living for those 40. Right. So excited. Which by the way, Back when we were doing like 30 downloads a day, Rachel was all about it. Like, oh, we got another download. We got another download. The minute we like started getting a bunch, she just like quit logging in. I've just become like affected by my fame. You know how like like you're always there for like your fans. And then whenever you get too when you get too famous, you don't have time for them. You're so dumb. There's just too many. You do not recall. I do not recall. It's so dumb. Hey, uh, is it? It's not even true. She's actually just lazy. Oh, 100% I'm lazy. Is it raffle time? It is raffle time. Thank you what, for reminding what? me. Okay, so for our first drawing, we had 20 entrants. Um, I'm actually going to list them real quick, so listen for yourself. And the reason why is because if you feel like we shouted you out and somehow we missed you, I want to make that right on the second drawing. Or if you feel like you you reached out to us and we did not shout you out. Yeah, somehow if we missed and you. And we missed you. Yes. Let us know. Um specifically like in the early Twitter days and stuff like that, because I might've missed you. So if you are not on this list and you feel like you deserve to be reach out to us, because even if you haven't reached out to us yet, you can still be on the next drawing just by reaching out to us from now forward. Okay. So, um, we've got bottom up, Brittany O'Brien, Grace MC, Grace Ann, I think is, uh, she claimed that one, uh, JT Tatum, Kendra McCaw, Christina White Vasquez, Lysia Napka, Napo, Lysia Napo, Trev Marshall, Smiley, 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 <laughs> A-S-D-F-G-H-K-L, um, Melina Powlin, Jackie Borrego, Andrew Dexter, Grace Ann Cheney. So Grace, you may have been in there twice, but sadly you didn't win. Um, Jordan Rolsma, Abby Nelson, Blair BR, Bernard Howith, Anna Hayes, and then our three winners. So thanks and Giggum, which that is an iTunes review. So um, if he doesn't, if if you are thanks and Giggum on iTunes and you don't reach out on social media, I can't get you your prize. So um, everyone else who's below. So Anna, you'd be the next winner. So fingers crossed. Thanks and Giggum doesn't reach out if you're Anna. Otherwise, thanks and Giggum, please reach out to us. That way we can get you your prize, which will be a sticker. Uh, Shalane Eccles, uh, you win, won a sticker as well. And then the winner of the $20 gift card is Francis Jacqueline. So Francis Jacqueline, we already have your social media um, account. So we will go, we will reach out to you and uh, get your information so that we can get you an Amazon gift card for $20 um, via email, or we can send it physically if like you really don't like emails for some reason. So <laughs> um, yeah, reach out to us. We'll reach out to you. Uh, but congratulations to Francis Jacqueline. So Everyone else, um, again, if you want to be in the next drawing, uh, give us your name, drop an, uh, like just reach out to the show, recommend us, like us on iTunes, uh, do whatever, and we'll put you in the next drawing. Um, and then maybe we'll add a couple like, hey, do this, and you'll be added to the drawing. You might get like second or third entries by doing a couple things. So just be on the lookout for that from our social media accounts. Uh, but congrats to Francis, uh, Shalane, and thanks and Giggum, potentially Anna Hayes, um, for, you know, winning. Good job. Woohoo! 
Yeah. First ever raffle. That's kind of cool. It was completely random, but good job. Yeah. 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 Great effort there um, by being on a random list generator. Anyway. um, Yeah. So if you feel like you just got stiffed, please don't be mad at us. Don't stop listening. Reach out. I will put your name in like twice on the next drawing. So just please reach out to us uh, where we I just came up with this idea like a week ago. So I didn't like do a perfect job gathering everyone. I'm certain. So anyway. Congrats. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Please reach out so that you can be in the second one and look forward to hearing from you guys this week. Bye.